0: Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is February 19th. Today is the last day of this week's Come Follow Me blog. And next week we're going to be studying Genesis chapters 24 through 27. But for now, let's finish up this week by diving back into the story of Abraham and Isaac. In Genesis chapter 22, starting in verse 5, it says, And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. Now we'll keep going, but let's pause right here for a second, because remember, we are searching this story for symbolism of the Savior. Here we have this story about how Abraham sacrifices his son Isaac, And in it, we see a deeper story of how God sacrificed his son for us and for the world. In fact, Marvin J. Ballard once said that the story of Abraham and Isaac shows us what it cost for God to sacrifice his son for us. So let's take a look at the symbolism that we see here in this verse. It says that Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac. Now, this is so fascinating because if you'll remember, God commands Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. The very next morning, bright and early, Abraham wakes up and he prepares. Part of that preparation was gathering the wood for this burnt offering and placing it upon the donkey. And so for this three day journey, the donkey has been carrying this wood. Well, now they leave behind the servants and they leave behind the donkey. And who carries the wood up the hill? for his own sacrifice. It's Isaac. Just as the Savior carried his own cross up that same hill, because remember, Moriah and Calvary are the same hill. Isaac carries the wood for his sacrifice, just like the Savior did for his. Verse 7 says, And Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide Himself a lamb for burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Now it's interesting because I wonder how many times or what Isaac knew of the story of Abraham and his father. I wonder how many times he heard the story of Abraham's father trying to sacrifice Abraham to a false god. I wonder at what point in this story does that idea, that memory of Abraham and his grandfather start to cross the mind of Isaac. Here he's like, "Dad, you prepared everything so well. you prepared the wood, you prepared the fire, you've prepared everything, but where's the lamb that we're going to sacrifice? I wonder when he starts to put things together. but more importantly, I love that question: Where is the lamb? In the world that we live in today, sometimes it can be hard. To see the Lamb, sometimes through all the ins and the outs and the hard things of life, we have a hard time seeing the Lamb, in our world and in our life. It would do well for us to ask ourselves the same question, often, where is the Lamb? How are we seeing the Lamb in our lives? Verse nine, and they came to the place which God had told them of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. So now at this point, Isaac's Isaac's figuring out what's going on, right? He's being bound by his own father. In fact, in the tradition, they would bind the arms and legs of their sacrifice. In fact, so much so that in Jewish tradition, the story of Abraham and Isaac is called the story of the binding. And so here, Abraham is binding Isaac And all of a sudden, Isaac is figuring out what's going on. Now, keep in mind, Isaac is not a baby and he's not a toddler. He's anywhere from probably 15 to 30, but my guess is he's closer to 30. And Abraham at this point is an old man. Isaac could have easily overpowered him. But again, look at the symbolism. We see Isaac, who had the ability to deliver himself, had the ability to stop what was happening. Yet, as far as we can see here in the scriptures, he submitted himself to be bound and to be laid upon the altar. Similarly, the Savior had the ability, he had the power to stop what was happening, but he delivered himself to be sacrificed. Such beautiful symbolism there. Verse 10, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Now, what's fascinating to me about this is remember, after Abraham had left the land of his fathers, and he settles and everything's going fine, and then he's asked to return to a land of idolatry, and he's hesitant about it, he's nervous about it, he's nervous about picking up and going back to this land of idolatry. But what does he do? How does he gain courage to go back? He remembers the time when the Lord has delivered him before. He says he remembered the angel that delivered him from the gods of Elkanah and that he would do well to listen to God. Part of me wonders if he wasn't thinking of that same thing for those three days walking to Moriah, if he wasn't thinking about the same thing walking up the mount, if he wasn't thinking the same thing as he bound his own son and laid him on the altar. If as he raised that knife to sacrifice, if he wasn't thinking, God, you have delivered before, and I trust that you will deliver again. Remembering times in our lives when God has delivered us or blessed us gives us strength and gives us power to move forward in faith, believing that he can deliver again. And I wonder if Abraham wasn't even just waiting a little bit for an angel to deliver his son, just like an angel had delivered him. Verse 12, it says, And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram, and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now what I love here." is that think about times in your life when you have experienced a ram in the thicket. The times in your life when God has reached his hand into your life to deliver you, to spare you. If we pay attention to them, I believe that we will see these ram in the thicket moments frequently in our lives. What's interesting is that, remember, the Doctrine and Covenants teaches us that we must be tried even as Abraham. Now, I don't think any of us have been asked to sacrifice our children, But there are other ways that our trials come now. They can be trials in losing family members to faith crisis or to the adversary. However, because there was no ram in the thicket for the Savior, there is always a ram in the thicket for us, for our family, for our loved ones. Christ now serves as the ram in the thicket for each of us. And remember, this story is supposed to show us what it costs God to sacrifice his only son. Melvin J. Ballard said this, In that hour, I think I can see our dear father behind the veil looking upon these dying struggles, his great heart almost breaking for the love that he had for his son. Oh, in that moment when he might have saved his son, I thank him and praise him that he did not fail us. I rejoice that he did not interfere— and that his love for us made it possible for him to endure to look upon the sufferings of his only begotten and give him finally to us, our Savior and our Redeemer. Without him, without his sacrifice, we would never have come glorified into his presence. This is what it cost, in part, for our Father in heaven to give the gift of his Son unto men. I absolutely love that imagery. For our Father in heaven to be in this moment, in the same place where Abraham was to sacrifice Isaac. To look upon the struggles of Christ. To recognize that he could have stopped it, but knew that without that sacrifice, without that great atoning sacrifice, there could be no ram in the thicket for each of us. Like Elder Ballard, I thank him and I praise him for loving us enough to sacrifice his son on our behalf. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.